Hey guys, and welcome to the Poster Boy Podcast. Here, I share not only my personal journey as an entrepreneur, but also my extensive research on the fascinating world of business. We will dive deep into the industry, from uncovering hidden gems to exploring little-known facts about the biggest names in the field, and provide you with insights and knowledge that you probably never knew before. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Hey guys, and welcome to the Poster Boy Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the fascinating origin story of my favorite board game of all time, Monopoly. Now, absolutely nothing can bring a family together as much as it tears them apart like a good old game of Monopoly. We've all been there. Everyone's friends one minute, and then the next thing you know, deals are happening under the table and lines are being drawn in the sand. It's dangerous, cutthroat fun, and it's truly hard to imagine a time in any of our lives before we found out about Monopoly. But as with everything, it had to start somewhere, and I can almost guarantee that Monopoly didn't start where you're probably thinking it did. In 1903, an American anti-monopolist was tired of seeing only rich landlords benefit in life. She theorized that these rich landlords ended up collecting private monopolies on land, which then enabled them to buy more land and own more property, leaving nothing left for the everyday person. So to prove that this was the case, this anti-monopolist wanted to create a board game based off of that theory, and that anti-monopolist was an American housewife named Elizabeth Maggie. She called her game the Landlord's Game. She patented it and began publishing it herself in 1906. Now this game came with two sets of rules and two ways to play. One where wealth was shared amongst all the players whenever it was created, and the other where everyone collected money and property in their own private monopolies. Now, the game was a hit. Well, as much of a hit as a woman working on her own in the early 1900s could make it anyway, but she did manage to get the word out. Now, this is where the story gets interesting. A man by the name of Charles Todd had purchased the original game. Then along came a man named Charles Darrow, He was a childhood friend of Mr. Todd's wife. And that evening, they introduced them to a new game called the Landlord's Game. Charles Darrow loved it, and both couples ended up playing late into the night. Darrow then asked Todd to write down the rules for him so Darrow could remember them later. And believe it or not, having the rules down on paper almost unbelievably, was all it took for Darrow to go and be able to take out a patent on the game himself. Now, Charles Darrow's not-so-new game was called Monopoly. And when board game manufacturers and distributors Parker Brothers approached Darrow to buy the patent, he sold it to them, no questions asked. The Parker Brothers put wheels in motion to distribute Monopoly like it had never been distributed before, but they quickly hit a snag. They found out that Charles Darrow wasn't the only one who had a claim on the game. And not wanting to run into trouble later on, the Parker brothers paid Elizabeth Maggie a visit. They paid Elizabeth $500 for her patent on the landlord's game. And then Monopoly, as we know it, was born. $500. I literally don't have words for that. Now, as shady and cutthroat as its origin story may be, Monopoly has been the source of many happy memories for families and friends for generations, but with a history as long as this game has, it can't be any surprise that there are things about it that we just don't know. So today we're going to revisit some of those childhood memories 
and share some of the interesting facts behind the board game that rules them all. Number one, mo money, no problems. Monopoly lets us play out very real-life scenarios, and almost all of them have something to do with money. But when the bank runs out of money in the game, usually that's the end of things. That's not, however, how things work in the real world, as there are more than enough reasons for it. Outside of the game, more real-world money is actually printed every year and put into circulation. In the U.S., that number equals out to be around $1 billion that are pumped back into circulation to replace bills that are too old and too battered to use anymore. Now, did you know that that number is nothing compared to how much Monopoly money is printed every year? Parker Brothers and their parent company, Hasbro, announced that on average they print around a whopping $30 billion worth of Monopoly money every year. Number two, get out of jail free card. Everybody knows to hold on to your get-out-of-jail-free card, especially if you don't want to pay the fine for getting out when your time's up in Monopoly. But did you know that there was a point in time when Monopoly was helping real-life people break out of real-life jails? It goes back to World War II and prisoner-of-war camps. Nazi Germany had large numbers of British prisoners locked up in camps, particularly men from the Air Force who'd had to evacuate their planes while over German territory. German authorities made some effort to abide by the Geneva Convention, and so they allowed charities like the Red Cross to hand out care packages in German prisoner-of-war camps. One of the things highlighted in the Geneva Convention is a prisoner's right to games and pastimes, and the British Secret Service took advantage of that. Disguised as charity workers, they used Monopoly sets to smuggle in maps, compasses, files, and real-world money to help British soldiers organize escape plans. Number three, go for broke. Pretty much since the game was invented, people have been trying to set records with it. The longest ever Monopoly game lasted for 70 days. The longest game underwater lasted for 50 days. The longest game in a bathtub lasted 99 hours. The longest game in a treehouse lasted 286 hours. And underground was 100 hours. And last but not least, upside down was 36 hours. Okay, number four, one million Monopoly money in an armored car. But speaking about the longest Monopoly games ever played, most of them pale in comparison to a game that happened in Pittsburgh in 1961. Four brothers of the Sigma Alpha Mu fraternity, Eddie Leeds, Howard Finkel, Alan Polinoff, and Sherman Fogel sat down for a game that turned serious pretty quickly. Soon the four split off into two teams, Eddie and Howard versus Allen and Sherman, and the things got even more serious. The two teams realized that they'd pretty much hit a stalemate. Neither one of them could make the other team go bankrupt, but they all decided that they were going to see this game through to the end. Eddie called the local news and told them that they were going to keep playing until someone won. Somehow, the story got bigger than anyone could have ever imagined it would. A day later, the fraternity brothers were still playing, and they had to find a way to adapt. They still had to eat, sleep, and go to classes, but the game still had to go on too. Almost the whole fraternity, pledges and all, divided into teams and began taking it in shifts to play the game, suddenly turning the number of players from four to over 30. 
A day later, and they hit another problem. The players were nowhere near going bankrupt, but the bank was. The players reached out to the Parker brothers and told them that their bank needed money, and again, almost unbelievably, the Parker brothers responded. They told the brothers to keep playing and sent one million Monopoly money, first by plane and then by armored car, to keep the game afloat. News about the game spread even more. Professors started sending their students to observe the game and see the consequences of inflation, and the local news actually started reporting on it. But there was still more to come. Two days later, and the fraternity was faced with a different predicament. The game was nowhere near finished, but finals were fast approaching, and by then, they'd been playing for five days straight. Original player Eddie Leeds told the press, you get pretty crazy after playing Monopoly for five days, and then he announced that the game would end that Saturday at the Fraternity Founders Day dinner. Eddie and Howard finished with $146,000 between them, and Alan and Sherman with $133,000. Number five, bigger isn't always better. We've talked a lot about the longest games in Monopoly history, but what about the shortest? According to Notre Dame University professor of sociology, Daniel Myers, it's entirely possible to finish Monopoly in under 21 seconds. The game would include four turns, nine rolls, and that's it, he explained. One player moves around the board very quickly to buy Boardwalk and Park Place and places houses on them. And the other ends up drawing a chance card that sends them to boardwalk and they don't have enough money to pay the rent with the three houses and the game is over. Statistically speaking, this would play out once every 253,899,891,671,040 games. But that still means that there's a chance it could happen in your next one. Number six, it's not for everybody. There's one family out there who has been formally banned from playing Monopoly. In 2008, British Prince Andrew told the press that he declined a particular gift. The gift had been a Monopoly set meant to commemorate his visit to the Leeds Building Society's new headquarters, but it wasn't meant to be. Prince Andrew said that the Queen herself had banned the British royal family from playing Monopoly because things simply got too vicious when they did. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed the research for this episode. Monopoly is a game that literally um, took the core foundation of building a real estate empire and put it into a game. And I think that that concept is phenomenal. Now, obviously, the game has evolved today. It accepts credit cards, and, and the Parker Brothers and Hasbro, they've done a great job keeping up with the times. I think there are very few things in life that tell the same story as Monopoly and the lessons are timeless, which is what makes the game so fascinating. Another game of mine, if you guys do like Monopoly and you've never heard of it, is made by um, Robert Kiyosaki and the guys that did Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's a game called Cash Flow. I would say that it's it's Monopoly on steroids and it really does take, take uh, Monopoly to a whole other level. It includes stocks and it includes buying businesses and it includes the rat race, things like that. So... Again, thank you guys so much for joining me. I hope you learned something. If you have any questions or comments, please send them over my way or any, anything about Monopoly because, again, I love the game so much. And, yeah, I look forward to hearing from you guys next time.